Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. cool right that was legit i'm impressed <laughs> so don't be too impressed with it because i mean i didn't do it um my guy chris washington was able to throw that together he did an amazing job uh connected with him because he uh does the stuff over with you know the nomad network um he, he did an amazing job with it that was awesome yeah um so if you ever he, he runs counterclockwise productions and you can find him on twitter at c sharp 777 or you can email him c washin349 that's c-w-a-s-h-i-n 349 at gmail.com if you need anything right and like i said i thought that that was super awesome and you should do the same thing for any of your stuff you need at all yeah i, I like mason told me he had a surprise for me before we got on yesterday and um i was not expecting that that was super cool <laughs> so yeah now we, we we have an intro we're like semi-official kind of sort of Um, but so we have an interesting show today. Um, first thing we want to do is actually talk about the running bait, running back landscape. Is it a dying breed and what is to come? Um, little before we get really into this, I do have to say, I know I'm a big running back guy as a former high school running back. And I'm pretty sure Danny is kind of similar as the running back slash I need my linebackers to wear 44 guy. <laughs> just got to out me. Like that's just what, what we need to do. I mean, you say that yourself. That's not me outing you. That's just bringing previous history back to the forefront. It's fair. It's totally fair. Um, so, you know, a couple days ago, the deadline passed for players on the franchise tag to make a deal. And there was one thing that stood out, right? Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard all did not reach long-term deals. One could argue that all three of those players are pretty important for their teams, whether you think that they're going to be good teams or not, you know, in terms of the Giants and what the Raiders are going to be doing. And there's a report that Barkley plans not to not report to training camp. Uh, Danny, what are your thoughts on this in general? Well, 
kind of seg that's segwaying, but bouncing off your last part of what you just said, would you report to training camp if you're Saquon Barkley? Absolutely not. I, I yeah, have I, no reason to at this point. No, and what you chose Daniel Jones over me. That's what this inevitably comes down to. Do I begrudge the Giants? No, because quarterback is the most important position in football, if not all of sports. But I would pay good money to see Daniel Jones be the sole focus of that offense because that offense, for all intents and purposes, was built around Saquon Barkley last year and what he could do. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's essentially what it is, right? It's good luck to not just, you know, Dan Jones, but the rest of that team. Um, the franchise tag as a whole, right? I mean, it was intended to be a tool to extend the time that teams and players can work on a long-term deal. It was supposed to be, a, you know, a, an olive branch, but it's really become something else. It's just become a way to keep a player around for a year so that you could find their backup, especially when you could look at the running backs. I mean, when you look at the franchise tag in 2023 for a quarterback, it's just north of $32 million. That is clearly in favor for the quarterback. If you get tagged, great. You're making a pretty hefty paycheck if you're a mid-tier to low-tier quarterback. But running back is the second lowest at $10 million, which is behind positions like tight end, safety, defensive tackle, just above uh, special teams players at $5 mil. It's kind of crazy. So this is where I'm going to get to. And I understand Cole commits a divisive player in this on this roster – particularly like even like you and I have very differing opinions on one Cole Komet. There is not a world in which you can convince me that Cole Komet, who is going to probably get in the 13 to $14 million range is worth more to a football team than Saquon Barkley is. And he's struggling to get to that $14 million range himself. I can't get to that place. I do understand the argument and I do understand where we're at with the running back position, the use and abuse those guys' bodies take, et cetera, et cetera where you don't want to pay them good money and you don't want to pay them long-term. Well, then you got to start restructuring something. You got to make it so these guys are hitting the market after three years on a team or something like that and not being effectively like with the current structure, B. John Robinson will be under Atlanta Falcons team control. Should he pan out for seven years, he will be almost 30 by the time he's hitting free agency. And because of the five-year deal and then the two franchise tags after that, because the Falcons probably will not extend him at the rate he wants to be extended at. Does anyone else see that as a problem? Because I think that's a huge, huge issue. And I get it. Like, oh, don't pay running backs. They're the easiest position to replace. It's also still, especially last year, with the running game having an uptick, one of the most important positions on the field for offensive production to this point. You still need a running back. The way the defenses are designing, taking away the passing game with the cover four, the six, the quarters, you're, you need running backs. Like, and again, I, I understand. It's almost like there's a lot of really talented running backs, so you have your choice of whether or not you want to pay them, but you still have elite guys. Like, and the, the, the example I want to come to is Mason, and I'm sorry for rambling, but Austin Eckler. Could Thank you. Yes, a exactly. new big money extension, and he's a de facto wide receiver who happens to run the ball now and again. He was fifth in the league in receptions last year, behind guys like Stephon Diggs, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Justin Jefferson being the only ones above him. Right. So what are we doing here? There has to be a solution. So these guys like Saquon, like Austin Eckler, like. 
Tony Pollard, et cetera, et cetera. Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing last year and is 25 years of age, can't get a deal? There's something wrong there. And I don't know quite what it is, but there's got to be something the NFLPA can do. But we won't know because this current deal runs through, what, 2029, 2030? Yeah, that's the thing that sucks is it just is going to be like this for a while. Um, I mean, you had to – the one you brought up was a good – I think a good idea, reducing the number of years for uh, running back contract, get them back on the market sooner. Um, I've heard things like combining uh, running back, wide receiver, tight end into skill player. Yes, will that lower the overall hit for, like, let's say a wide receiver because now you're having an average in the running back and and things like that? Absolutely. But, I mean, at least now a team has to make a decision. Like, are you going to take the average of all the those, right, the running back, wide receiver, tight end? Are you going to pay that to a Saquon Barkley for the year? Most likely not. And if you don't, then great. Now he gets to go test the market like he should be able to. It's all about being able to allow – the NFL's – in the NBA contrast so much because the NFL is so much about owner and team control and the NBA is a very player first league. And it's just very frustrating to continue to see this happen. And the thing that sucks is when you hear the responses of it is what it is. And it's like, great, but that's because it's not your livelihood. I mean, imagine if you were in your job, right? A team, uh, work could just hold you for a whole year and just say like, all right, you're working here no matter what. And you're going to be making way less. I mean, we have the autonomy to go just quit our damn job and move on to another one. These sure. players don't. Exactly. Cause it's, it's the only league. Uh, I I just don't know what the because I I I do really see both sides of the argument of as long as there's an NFL draft, I can go get the next best talented running back and keep him for cheap. I understand that, but when it comes to guys like McCaffrey, I can't include this in this because he got his fair deal and he got his extension and he's one of the most valuable players in the NFL and the numbers, be it advanced metrics, saver metrics, whatever you want to call them or basic metrics, bear that out. He is one of the most valuable offensive football players in the league. But someone like I Saquon Barkley, how many times have we seen Saquon Barkley in the last decade or two, 20 years, like a guy of that ability. Right. Exactly. So, this isn't even just a thing for all running backs. Well, yes, I, every running back deserves his moment in the in the sun kind of thing. Um, but, like, when you have some of these top-tier guys, I mean, you just can't have a situation like this where the team is just is just absolutely controlling the situation. It, it's wild to me. Right. Meanwhile, it sounds like James Harden has just kind of forced his way to the Clippers, and the Clippers have nothing to offer. Oh, my God, yeah. So that's, that's our two cents on the running back situation. Basically, long story short, something has to be done. Um, the, the thought process of it is what it is, is trash. And it's easy to say when, just because it's not affecting your football viewership, uh, worst case scenario, all running backs, just go to the, uh, go to the XFL. <laughs> just, just a walk out of running backs on the league. Just I'm done. Screw it. But anyway, that is the first portion of our show. And that means it is time for our ad read. Uh, and of course we're going to talk about my mighty meals. My Mighty Meals and founder Chris Davia puts the personal touch to healthy eating that most meal prep services are missing. I have been using his services for almost three years now and haven't looked back. My Mighty Meals are cooked fresh and delivered directly to your home or work weekly in the Chicagoland area. They taste great the day you get them as well as the final day of your week as you anticipate your next delivery. Each meal is macro-friendly and makes it incredibly easy to track. You can choose from standard meals that are under 500 calories or heftier ones that are between 500 and 750 calories. The meals rotate each week, so I personally never get bored. A couple examples include beef and quinoa chili, 
buffalo turkey mac, shrimp taco bowl, maple glazed chicken, and sweet potatoes. Need something specific or have dietary restrictions? You can customize your order for just a little bit more. One of my favorite parts is that there isn't a subscription, so you don't get stuck with meals you don't need. Skip a week, two weeks, or more if you need it. You can find him on Instagram at MyMightyMeals, and make sure you use code GRIDIRON25, that's G-R-I-D-I-R-O-N-25, for 25% off your first order at MyMightyMeals.com. So, Danny, you had this idea, Chicago Bears kind of futures draft. Why don't you uh, talk to the listeners, viewers, about what this is going to be today? So basically it's going to be not who you would take for just this upcoming season, but you're drafting. We're doing, I believe you said 10 rounds is what we're doing. So 20 total players, roughly, roughly a half of the 53 man or 55 man roster. However you want to phrase it at this point of who you would like to have for the next three seasons on forward. Who do you think is going to get extended? Who do you think is going to be here? Who do you think is just not worth time of talking about? Like by, by, by just omission of not being drafted by us. It's just a fun little exercise. We're in the really the dead period leading up to training camp. We have we don't have a ton to talk about, but we try to keep you guys engaged and do some fun activities, which is where I kind of came up with this idea. I don't know, probably a month ago, ish. Yeah, we've we've just kind of had it on on the back burner for a while, uh, just because we've had some other things pop up and and da 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 da. So yeah, I mean, coming up soon, and that's a good point. Once training camp hits, we'll be able to do some shows more consistently because there's going to be more to talk about. But this is a nice little hey, like let's just think about like the state of the the state of the the roster essentially. Yeah. All right, so um, we're gonna keep it super simple. I don't really care, Danny. You get to pick first. who would you pick first overall for this draft? Justin Fields. I don't know. I was really unoriginal. Cool. <laughs> the most valuable position with a guy who sounds like he's going to be on the NFL's top 100 list if you uh, kind of were reading the tea leaves of that NFL tweet earlier today. Which is very interesting, at least I, I personally think, simply because you have – Oop, I put some QB in all those. And all that. Wow. Um, Everyone's a QB. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because when you think about like the problem and like the, the general media and all that, it's like he's a he's a running back. He's not a quarterback. He has to do this. He has to do that. But the fact that, you know, he might be, if you as you said, read the tea leaves in the top 100, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, he obviously has a lot of ways to go, especially in the 0 to 15-yard range. We've gone over this at nauseam. He's got to improve his footwork. He's got to improve his processing speed on the short stuff. And he's got to stop taking some sacks that were admittedly his fault. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be cleaned up, but he's got just the other things you can't teach. And whoever his – I you you might know his name off the top, but whoever his personal photographer is or camera guy is who is, like, following him around into Hallis Hall at, like – 1130 at night to do his like video and show him like actually like still working when everyone else is in bed. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting stuff to watch. Totally agreed. Um, and this, that's the answer, right? Even if whatever you think about Justin at this point in time, you're Justin is the answer as who you are taking running for in terms of potential and what you're looking for for this team. Um, I'm probably going to take someone that doesn't surprise a lot of people. Um, I'm going to go with DJ Moore. Um, it's easy to say that this is just a you know flash in the pan newest 
thing, da 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 kind of situation. Um, but for me, like when you look at this, the history for the Bears, right? The fact that they're leading receiving our receiving leader is still Johnny Morris at only 5,000 yards and Harlan Hill, number second, number two at 4,600 and Alshon Jeffries third at 4,500. The fact that you have a legitimate wide receiver one, whether you want to argue he's a one a or one B that's a whole other conversation that I do not care about because we have TJ Moore just to have someone that can sincerely actually be in the conversation as a top, 15 top 20 wide receiver is something the bears have not had. And I'm very, very excited about it. And the fact that he's, you know, he's not super expensive, but I mean, when he, when his contract does end, you're going to, you're going to pay him. You're, and you're going to move forward. He's still on the younger end. All that stuff is fantastic. DJ is my pick. So just kind of to bring up the question, I think if he has a good year this year, which there's no reason to believe he won't, I think he's going to be asking for new paper or just saying, screw it. I'm not coming to work. Are you comfortable with that? Um, yes. I mean, I would be, I mean, I would have to see obviously the year he has before I'm just sure. like, here, here's a major yeah. extension, but assuming he is the year that we're thinking he's going to have, I mean, um, yeah, I'm, I would have no problem locking him down, especially where the bears are with their money. I mean, they're barely, they're going to luck out to hit the floor this year. They're going to have to do some, uh, they're going to have to do some extensions and trades as is. So sure. the money is not really the problem. Sure. Um, my number two pick is going to be their big fish free agent from this off season. And Tremaine Edmonds. That's right, fine. I'll let you go second. It's a snake draft, but it's fine. Oh, my bad. But no, no, go ahead. No, go it's ahead. Not too late. No, no. You've already said the president, so now we just go back I to just, Danny, who had the first overall pick. Just gonna, gonna go throw myself off a bridge. Is that who you were gonna take? Uh, actually, yes. <laughs> just take him then. Nope, I, nope. I take him, Mason. Damn it. Do your spiel. All right. Whatever. I I don't even want him anymore. You can have one. <laughs> Just become my passive aggressive wife here. I don't even want him anymore. So you're not going to hype him up now? Uh, let's see. Big, long, athletic. Really, kind of seemingly came into his own. If you just avoid looking at the games that he didn't have Von Miller in front of him, eating up blocks and just wreaking havoc in Buffalo last year, he is the prototype of what I'm sure Eberflus wants at that Mike linebacker position. Um, like I said, big, long athletic, he's going to just take up space. Um, I still have my reservations about who he is, but I just can't get to a certain point with a lot of guys on these roster that I just don't have a lot of questions. So I think you might be in agreement with me of this is going to devolve pretty quickly into just who do you believe in long-term? Like there's going to be guys that just need to prove case in point, Justin Fields. He still has to prove everything. Like, no, it's a valid point. I mean, when you look at a guy like Tremaine Evans, I, I, I guess, would you say he's lived up, lived up to his draft status? So no, far? no. I think he objectively was not a great football player until last year. Yeah. And that's the thing that sucks with a lot with this team right now is that it's all about potential. That's why we're kind of doing this. Um, there isn't all, a lot of those blue chip for sure. This is what is going to happen. Kind of like he's, he's set. So, but I see why you're doing it. I think he's going to flourish in this system. Like you, like you talked about uh, prototypical for this, this scheme. I mean, his size is wild. Uh, you see all here all the time, how massive of a just human being he is. His speed is crazy. So I mean, he should absolutely do well in this defense. In theory, yeah. We'll see when everyone is running by your interior defensive line because there's no linemen still. That part is a little tough. 
Um, <laughs> I'm going to go keeping the potential train rolling here. I'm going to go with Darnell Wright. Right, you, right tackle. Was, that, so you and I were in agreement. That was actually my other choice before I jumped over you. Oh, that's fine. It's like you I said. <laughs> like you said, it's all about poten- potential here. And as I'm scrolling through the roster, I'm trying to think, okay, who are my blue chippers? Who are my red chippers? All about all those things. There's no one there. There's just isn't. Um, and then some of their even moderate to better players are also on the older side, um, which I think we'll get to in a second here. Uh, I don't want to dive too much in just in terms of ruining any future talking points. Um, so, you know, you're hanging your hat on someone who apparently is number 10th highest ranked power by Madden. I think he's like 92 strength or something like that, which is like number nine overall. Something crazy like that. It's all about the potential here for Darnell. I mean, he is a monster. He is aggressive. Um, I'm really excited to see what happens when the pads get on in training camp, what that's going to look like. Obviously, you wish the Bears had a better pass rush to be able to see, get a little more viewing on that. But uh, the Colts joint camp will be awesome just to see what Mm -hmm. he does against those guys. Well, let's make it the snake draft. So go ahead, sir. Oh, I just was not ready for a next pick, so I'll figure it out real quick. Um, let's go. I have everyone listed here, too, if they ever need to look at this. You know, I'm going to – I'm going to go with sticking in the trenches, I think. I'm going to take Kevin. That's bold because I don't know if they like him. But he was their best offensive lineman last year. That's, that's the thing, and it's like at some point – how much does it matter how much you like the person if they're producing and they're not hurting your locker room? Correct. Like if you truly just don't like the person because they listen to country music too loud and because they do whatever weird stuff outside, I don't, I just don't particularly care. As long as you're showing up, you're pancaking people and you know, you don't distract the rest of the team. Couldn't care less. I, I agree with the sentiment. I just, don't know how they feel about that. And at the end of the day, that's how it's up to them. Um, the good news, though, is that Cornelius Squalls agrees that that was a good pick. So that means it was, in fact, a good pick. Thank you, Cornelius. I think he was saying that for Darnell. Mm, no, he said it for Tevin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that follow-up. What's not to like about Tevin Jenkins? Boom! How about, how about availability is the best ability? As the physical therapist in the room, I could not agree with you more. Um, I'm just, I'm not I, I, no, I 100% agree. And when you see those things, like when you see low back and neck, you know, spinal cord, all that is connected. That to me, yes, definitely is a concern. That's like if someone's got a left hamstring issue and then they immediately also have a left like glute issue and then they have a left ankle. It that's just showing there's an issue with the chain. Um, again, I go back to I think it also shows the stay status of the roster where. Like, sure. I just still like if you put like for example, I'm, maybe you're going to get to him. I still would rather have him over Braxton Jones because I'm more sh- confident about what Tevin's go can be than what Braxton is. I guess that was that was a word. Those were words. Yeah, they're words. In there. <laughs> All right, who's your number three uh, player? Uh, probably my next jersey purchase, Adrian Amos. I wanted to see. Who, who, I was, Brisk, I'm waiting Taquan for the Brisker. real. Per, I'm waiting for the real person. Taquan Brisker. I wanted to see if it was going to register on you. Like, I was just like, I'm just waiting for the real answer. Taquan <laughs> uh, Brisker, I think he's going to inevitably be the kind of the heartbeat of this defense. The 
the guy that is your emotional leader, a team captain, a guy that is just really going to be, I, I think especially during segments of the second part of the season last year, he showed like he belonged in the NFL, that he wasn't afraid of being there, that he was going to make the big hit. And obviously, especially in the secondary, like there's going to be times where you're going to get lost because you're just learning a whole just new brand of offense from what you were covering in college. Um, I really like him. I think he's going to be an enforcer of sledgehammer at times. And that's something I personally enjoy when I watch my safeties. Um, so that's who I would go with, especially because like I said, I think he's going to end up being a vital cog to what the bears are trying to do defensively and in the locker room. I'm a big, I like locker room guys though. It's the reason I was so big on David Montgomery before he uh, packed his bags for Detroit. And ended up getting yanked back and almost concussing himself on a tire. Um, I totally agree. I mean, if you're going to go into the secondary, someone who fits both that kind of future mold as well as that potential mold, uh, he is the one that really straddles that line. You know, because you have an Eddie Jackson. I don't know how much longer Eddie's going to be here. You have a Kyle Gordon. Um, He came on a little bit at the end of the year, but, you know, still has a lot of stuff you have a lot of question marks. You have a Jalen Johnson where it's like, I have no idea how long you're going to be around. Um, so I, he, he, I, I don't know. Yep. Are we going back to you or are we snake? No, we, let's just snake it. It's all you, man. Uh, Braxton Jones. All right. So Love now we'll hear the, the Braxton Jones plug. Go ahead. So still obviously very young coming out of his rookie season from, what was it? Southern Utah. Right. Um, he had his moments where he looked like a really good run blocker. He had his moments where he looked like a really bad run blocker. He had his moments where he looked like a really good pass blocker. He had his moments where he looked like a really bad pass blocker. It was all growing pains for a guy who was a fifth-round pick out of a bad program and a subdivision of college football. He has – Brian Poles, let's just say, clearly has a type for linemen he likes. He likes big, athletic, agile guys who – can get out and move and have really long arms. Braxton Jones fits that to a T. The big thing that I noticed with him is, A, he's going to be cheap. You've got him for three more years on a fifth-round rookie deal. And, B, he got better each four-grain increment last year where you saw he was bad or he was awful, then he was bad, then he was okay, then he became good, good enough where you could pass him. Now, may he top out as being Charles Leno 2.0? Sure, but Ooh, that's don't say, don't say that. Bears fans are going to kill you for that. Heaven forbid, have a solid player. <sighs> yeah, the guy that they cut and then Washington got him and were like, this guy's fine and ex- proceeded to extend him because unlike the aforementioned Tevin Jenkins, the guy doesn't miss playing time ever. Like Braxton or, or, uh, Charles Lono Jr. just plays football. He shows up every Sunday and he just plays. God forbid. If here's a question for you, if you did a redraft of that year, what round does Braxton Jones go? He would probably go up into the second round, wouldn't he? I think he's second. There's a potential for first. I mean, like, what other tackles in that draft class are you like blown away by right now? I'd have to go and look at the class itself. It's hard to keep them all straight, but but it's like I think you can safely say, like you said, you could safely say second with a potential first just kind of depending on like how that all laid out 
And to, to say that you got someone like that with the 168th pick, I mean, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, he, and he's already proved to be better than where he was picked. And the only reason he probably fell in the first place was the developmental trait and the fact that he – he. Uh, sorry, I just caught Cornelius' last message, which made me laugh. But, like, in the subdivision. So he he was a developmental project, and he played for a subdivision team. So it was like a double – a double knockout. Here we go. So here are some of the tackles that were taken in the first round last year. Um, or 2022, excuse me, specifically. Uh, the Panthers took Ika Aquanu. Who would you take between the two? Icky. Um, Icky. Um, Evan Neal. Evan Neal. Charles Cross. I'd still probably take Cross because I believe the Seahawks took him, right? Because they went yeah. back-to-back on tackles with him and, Cor- and uh, Cornelius uh I'm I'm all there. Uh, Tre- Trevor Penning. Uh, I'd probably take Penning. Tyler Smith. And now you're getting to the point where I don't think Smith's a left tackle. I think he's a guard. So like, arguably, even over Pen- Penning, I think you can make an argument that he could like take him over Smith. You could take him over potentially Penning. That was at Penning was at 19. Uh, Smith was at 24, and then that was the last tackle taken before. Uh, Luke Goodkey. I don't even know how to say it. This says dude's name from Tampa Bay at fifty-seven. So like, yes, you're you're probably a second round, maybe if slipping into the first, maybe, which is really good considering where he was picked. Let's let's keep. So yeah, can't can't say enough about Braxton. Can't say enough about how cheap he's going to be at that position. Um, I know everyone wants the Quentin Nelson screen grab person. Everyone wants you know a top that top three tackle that are yeah. Other. I mean, one of the next t- tackles taken after. Godecki is uh, oops, just lost him. Uh, is so Abraham Lucas. I would probably take over him, but the Nick, Nicholas Petit Frere went before yeah. Abraham Lucas. Yeah. So yeah. you're talking about that's at the bare minimum third round, and Abraham Lucas is probably in the first round with knowing what we know about him now. Right. Exactly. So if you could rewrite history, Braxton's going much earlier. Is long story short. Um, one thing I did want to touch on, Cornelius asked a question that was relevant to what we were talking about for the DBs. Um, isn't cornerback one of Paul's prime positions? Uh, yes, it is. And that's it why it really seems that way. Yeah. Well, that's why he has heavily tried to draft um, corners. That's why that they're, you know, you got Kyler Gordon, you got Tyreek Stevenson this year. Like clearly they are continuously trying to patch that. There's also reports, which we didn't talk about, but uh, Jeremy Fowler had tweeted today that the Bears and Jaguars are amongst teams that were inquiring on free agent corner Arthur Mollet, who had 59 tackles, two sacks, and interception last year. So he's consistently trying to upgrade and change and improve that position. Uh, you just have question marks. Jalen Johnson contracts, Eddie Jackson health and age. Uh, Kyler Gordon, can he continue doing what he did? And now you have a rookie in Tyreek Stevenson. So, yeah, it, yes, it is important for, for this team. Mm-hmm. All right, now it is my turn. Um, this is where I got a little... I wasn't 100% where I wanted to go with it. Um, I think I'm going to – I wanted to go defense because I wanted to start to head that direction. The problem is I'm just not super pumped about it. So I'm going to be a, my own meme, and I'm going to go with Roshan Johnson. <laughs> I think I know who the next pick is then too. Um, the re, the reason I'm going to go – I'm going Roshan ultimately over 
some like someone who's more established or even like, let's say a Khalil Herbert um, going back to our running back conversation. Um, these guys have short shelf lives. Uh, they can. So and we're only talking about two or three years. I think Roshan, and I've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. He's going to, I think he's going to end up being an RB one by week six, just because of what he brings in the past receiving game, what he brings to the past block game. You just want someone consistent. Also some of those intangibles that he brings. I mean, everyone just raves about him. Danny and I have talked, I added agnosium about this individual. Um, and this, this offense in particular is up, is based on the run, right? They need the run game. So the fact that I think he's going to be that RB one in terms of maybe number of snaps, if you want to go by that definition, um, is going to be very important. And then by extension, uh, one thing Danny talked about was how Justin was missing some of those layups, right? The short passes, the intermediate stuff. That is something that Roshan does very, very well. I think he can be a safety outlet for Justin. Dump it off to him. Get those couple harder neck, couple yards. You know, move on to whatever second, third down. That's why I have Roshan Johnson. Here. Well, the other part about his snap count that we got to take into consideration is he can line up other places. You're going to see Wildcat stuff. I don't care that it's unoriginal, and I don't care that it's played out, has been since the Ronnie Brown time down in Miami. It's going to happen for a guy that was a high school quarterback and was recruited to Texas as a quarterback. I could even see some dual like running back, split back stuff because with Herbert and with Deontay Foreman because he did line up at fullback so often down at Texas to block or to be a safety outlet in the past for the Longhorns. He's not just he has to be single back or he has to be the, the tailback in the eye form. He he can be everywhere. You're going to see him line up in the slot and out wide occasionally too because he just can do it. He, he It was the kind of the thing, same thing when I was – I'll go back to the same thing I wrote down when I was watching his Texas stuff. He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. He's really good at a lot of things. I don't think he's elite at anything. Except pass blocking, which is something, like, cool. Like, it's great that your running back is an elite pass protector or a great blocker, but it doesn't – what does it mean as a running back? Yeah, 100%. Um, I get to go again, and I think I'm finally going to take a defensive player. Um I'm going to go with Kyler Gordon. Okay. Uh, reason being, not it's not as much about like how confident I am in Kyler right now. Because, I mean, he definitely did better at the end of last year. Don't get me wrong. When they said, hey, Kyler, just focus on this lot. Significantly better. He got his hands on balls. No pun intended. Anything of that nature. But, like, it's more about how important, ultimately – the position he's playing is and how important that's going to be over again, the next like three years that that slot corner position has to work. And right now he is the slot corner. He has the potential. He's athletic as hell. The things that he, you know, he can do is insane. And he showed the ball skills and some of that coverage ability that is tough out of the slot. Sure. I, I like Kyler. I really do. I think he's going to, and I was so happy when he got that first interception because you could tell like just his reaction as he was running off the field. It looked like a monkey was lifted off his back. Like just, oh, thank God. <laughs> like I can do this. I know I can do this. Yeah, and uh, he's got just, what, as many interceptions as Jalen Johnson, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Uh, Danny, why don't you go next? Go again. Um. I'm kind of hung up here as I'm looking at the depth chart 
because I, anyone who knows me and kind of is following along with me knows how I felt about the back-to-back defensive tackle picks. And I definitely liked one more than the other, but there's certain things like I can't get past in terms of you can't teach what he is. And that's Gervon Dexter Jr. See, I was between Kyler Gordon and Gervon Dexter. And I was like, he's not going to pick him. He wasn't really a big fan of that pick. And then you went and did this and you're a bastard man. (laughs) I'm a bastard man. Okay. Just sweet. I'm a bastard guys. Um, I still have questions. I liked Pickens for the draft slot more than I liked Dexter. But in my overall rankings of interior defensive linemen, when I started going going through everything, Dexter did get right out higher. You can go check in my screenshots that I posted of my rankings back at, around draft time. He was ahead of Pickens, I believe, by one or two players. Um, it was more just I didn't like this interior defensive line class as a whole. And Dexter felt like a reach based on a lot of things, but there's you peep human beings aren't made like Gervon Dexter. Like that just guys like him don't just show up. Like you just, he, you got to bank on what he could be versus what he already is. And what, and the, and the lack of what he's shown at Florida, the flashes he showed at Florida where he popped, you swore you were watching like, and Damakansu come off the ball. But the the, 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 the plays where he's like essentially miming an offensive guard, pretending like he's going to come off the ball and he never actually does because he's being told to read and react, it's not a great look. But he is just the embodiment of what he could be. And I know a lot of people like Cornelius are very hyped about him, which – you do you, man. Every draft pick your team makes is the best. They're all going to be going to Canton one day. They're all amazing. Like I, I love the draft class was good. I think they did it. I think they did well. But Gervon is purely just he has traits you don't teach. He has size you don't teach. That's with those traits. And it seems like he wants to be great. Like it's everyone can post videos now, but like you can only go off of what you see. And it seems like to me that Gervon clearly has some sort of drive to be good. Yeah, it's to go to one of your earlier points, um, how just the things you can't teach in his size and just how, how much a monster he is. You hear all that stuff, but then like today I was watching 1920 football drive that the Bears put out, which 16 minutes, come on, you can do better than that. But anyway, when you see him like throw, pitching and he's standing amongst the rest of you know the players, the rookies that were there, who are also just large human beings, the like key dwarfs other large human beings. So that just shows how big he is. Um, and to your point, yes, you know, the tape from last year, when it was bad, it was bad. The the miming of the guard is a perfect way to describe that. I just go back more to even his previous year where he did penetrate more. And um, Robert Schmitz, actually, who a former Windy City Gridiron, now over, you know, DeBear's blog, go check out his stuff. Did a pretty good, I thought, video breakdown on Gervon and talking about how, who and what he was reading. And you could see by his head alignment or you, you're thinking by his head alignment that he's just not even close to looking at the ball. It was basically just reading the person directly in front of him when they move, he moves. Um, and if just that's like the case, that. just like that. And if that's <clears> the <throat> truly the case, there's, there's no way that you're going to get 
consistently a jump on the ball if you're just reacting no. to the guard attack in front of you. So if it was like a different, if you could see like that head position looking at the ball and it was like, you could clearly tell that there was just a pause of processing. I'd be like more concerned. But as of right now, I'm, I'm interested to see what coaching and just saying, Hey, just get upfield and wreak havoc what he might be able to do. And see, here's the thing. Like I know everybody wants him to be a three technique. I don't want him to be. I would much rather him be a penetrating nose tackle and be some embodiment of like Dexter Lawrence in New York than be a three technique defensive tackle. Like I don't, I don't even know if they want him to be though. I think they truly just are like it's gonna have here people and puzzle pieces and just mishmash them around. Well, I think that's inevitably like because of the scheme, as it were. We're so used to like three technique, zero technique, nine technique, seven technique. This is what they play. I think this is kind of the next iteration of what this coaching staff is trying to do, where you've got Demarcus Walker, you've got Gervon Dexter, you got Zach Pickens, you got uh, oh my god, the guy they signed from the chart, Justin Jones. You got all the Rasheem Green, all these guys that can seemingly move up and down the line, and you can kind of just do what you want and, and just send out a bunch of linemen every time you go out to play. I think that's inevitably what they kind of are wanting to do, whether or not it happens that remains to be seen totally fair um so you have next uh who's your next person and why is it thyric pits <laughs> no is that is that not you have next? <laughs> not next no not, not how it works um i'm actually kind of torn here because it's it is a golden domer but not the one you're thinking chase Claypool, lock it in it's Claypool. Oh my! Wait, what? I was just you're picking Claypool. Claypool. I, wait, hold yeah. on. There's, I, there has to be. Hold on. Pause. Pop. Freeze. Freeze. Wait. wait, 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 wait. No, I'm saying no. The brakes. Guys, why are the brakes working? Because I cut the brakes. Wildcard, bitches! Yeah! What? I, I had to. I'm, I'm so blown away. What can I say? I'm a walking contradiction. I'm a twist of fate. All right. So I, I'm really excited to hear what, what this is going to be. So I don't know how to explain it other than they want him to be good. They traded the 32nd pick for him. They clearly have a type of athlete they are looking for. It ain't Darnell Mooney. God love you, Darnell. Great, good player. Great value in the fifth round. There are, I've said this probably more times than I care to think about. There are two other players ever in combine history to do what Chase Claypool do, does at that size and weight. And that's run a 4 3 40. And that's Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones, I believe, are the two guys who did it. You don't just come up with that. Now, could he just end up being a cracked out or, or just like chemistry experiment? version of Alan Lazard. Sure. But I think they want him to be here long-term. How good is he? I don't believe him to be very good, but I think they want him to be really good. And I think they're going to give him every chance to fail. All right. So two part question, part a, do one of Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool get an extension? Yes. One of them does. Part B, which of those two get one? 
I'm leaning Claypool. Okay. But that, that matches up with what you're saying. Um, it's, it is interesting because one of the things, if you go back to some of the Bears videos they put up, um, that they were showing you know kids around and they got to the scouting department and they had on the screen like all the, that equation that they have, the algorithm where they churned out, like, you know, these are your raw athletic scores. The fact that that was like just – that's clearly what they're going for, like you said. Like they're going for athletes. You saw that in the draft as well when you looked at all those uh, relative athletic scores. That's important to them. I wonder how much – that weighs into their ultimate equation compared to like a production. So let's say Darnell Mooney goes out there and has a, you know, thousand yard season and blah, blah, blah. Does that, how, where's the cutoff on that? How, what percentage is that production that you get this year? And what, how much of it is that raw athletic potential? And that's the, that's the question I don't know the answer to. Yeah. That's, and, that's and, interesting. and mind mind you, I am not like a Claypool stand. I'm more of a Claypool. Like, I don't even want to say hater. I just, I have questions about it, and I have no answers to the questions. And I think that's where people get like the hater thing for it. It's like I get called a Zach Levine hater all the time on the Bulls side because it's like, well, what does he do to make you win? Well, he's a great scorer. He's 50, 40, 90. He doesn't win basketball games. Why? Like, and I just, Chase Claypool is one of three people ever to do what he does at that size in terms of just the, the pure straight line testing. He is big, he's strong, he's fast, he runs hard after the catch. Why doesn't he play to that size? Why doesn't he affect the opposing defenses more? These are answers that I don't have, and I don't know if we're going to have them. And they get the only reason I'm inclined to say this and pick him with, what is this, my seventh player? Yeah. Yeah. So seventh player is because they traded a, a, what would be a, a high second-round pick for him. They clearly believe in him. And the other thing I just need to stop, and it's like I get being hypercritical of athletes. Football players, basketball players, baseball players, athletes in general are allowed to have interests outside of their sports. Yep, It's okay for Chase Claypool to be into modeling and fashion and and also be a football player. You know who else was and happened to average a triple-double four out of five seasons in the NBA? Russell Westbrook. He won an MVP when he doesn't really care about basketball off the court. It's okay to have opposing things. The reason we didn't hear about Russell Westbrook is because he was an MVP. I, I just need this to stop of Chase Claypool doesn't care, care about football. I don't think that's it. I just think Chase Claypool has interests outside of football. There's a lot of validity to that. You know, I, I know I fall victim to that too because we we take what we see and we this is the character we have, right? We don't – because when you don't get to talk to and interact with these players on a day-to-day or even like weekly basis or anything like that, you only go with what you see with your social media. And with, at this point, his social media is not football-based. He just doesn't do it. Um, I mean, I'll use something personal. So, Danny, you and I know each other relatively well, right? Uh, we talk on a daily basis. Um, yeah. What What would you say is like one of my – outside of the Bears, what is one of my biggest like hobbies? You play pickup basketball every Saturday, Sunday for the most part. Sure. And – I know you weight train. I know you're interested in just because of your background as a professional, you do experiment on yourself body-wise, seeing what you can do physical therapy or weight training-wise. I know you do that stuff. So those are things you're interested in. And food. You like to eat. You like to drink. You enjoy a good you, you enjoy a, a good microbrewery, as do I. Uh, and then, like, the things – but, like, I, what I don't put out there is, I mean, how into, like, maybe, like, Disney I am, right? Like, my Spotify <laughs> is, like, 30%, 40% Disney. My wife and I go every single year – 
and I have it's all over our house. I love Legos. I'm currently building a Black Panther bust, and I also need to go back and do something to my Harry Potter one, but that's a whole other conversation. You know, like there's the and seeing like all the people who are listening and all that stuff, like probably couldn't have said any of that about me because I just don't put it out there, but I'm doing that stuff almost on a daily basis. So yeah, I mean, we can't poo poo him just because he's not posting videos of himself squatting. Which let's be real. Some, even if you were posting videos of him squatting, we'd be talking about how his back is going too far down and he's, as he's going between his legs, you know, I, I digress though. (laughs) Um, I need to, I, uh, you can see by my list currently, I have DJ Moore, Donald Wright, Tevin Jenkins, Roshan Johnson, Kyler Gordon. So very offense heavy. And I think part of that's because I think the defense that we have right now is not going to be the defense we have in three years, to be completely honest. Are you telling uh, me the defense sucks? It does in fact suck. It's not great. I, <laughs> I, think, I think the defense I, is going to be a couple key pieces and then a defense that plays hard and well as a whole versus individual pieces. I got to tell you, I'm surprised the other golden domer is still hanging out. Oh, I mean, that's, yeah, I have reasons for that. We'll, I'll get to that later, but, um, I do think someone on this defense that's going to be around for the foreseeable future, three years, um, pairs up with the guy you took, and that's going to be TJ Edwards. Um, I was tempted I, to go him over Claypool. And the reason I went, I'm going with him is because as much of a specimen and athletic and all that Tremaine is, TJ does all the, the dirty work. Like, I think he might be, he's probably going to be the guy that just racks up tackles at the end of the day. Um, just because of also the position he's going to play. He's the read and react guy. He's and every single year he's gotten better. If you go and just look at his like just stats, even if you want to go that route, he every single year has got better. And I, and I think that, and as Danny talked about with investments in Chase Claypool, you know, the bears clearly want to invest also in some home homegrown talents. I think that's kind of important to them in mm-hmm. a way. And, you know, he's from the area, uh, you know, Crystal Lake, right? Chris, I believe so. Um, and so I think he's just going to be someone who's important over the next over the next three years. I, I, I tend to agree with that sentiment. Next, I'm going to go a direction maybe you didn't think I was going to go, and I'm going to go with Nate Davis. Really, the guard? I wasn't expecting that. Okay, Nate Davis, the guard, um, and this is why. The, the contract in the, that he signed, he's going to be here for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. He is a solid guard. And I think one of my biggest tenets of center and guard play for me is I don't want to notice you. And <laughs> I, if I, that's, I think that means you're a good guard. If I don't notice you, what you're doing, you probably did your damn job. And that's all I really need you to do. Um, now, obviously, he's had some stuff pop up. You know, you hear these little rumblings of how well did he fit in with with Mike Vrabel over in Tennessee. He didn't show up for some of the uh, non-mandatory stuff, but that's the thing. They're optional. Some guys just like to train on their own, so there was a little bit of that. I think he's almost been kind of forgotten in terms of the free agency stuff just because of, you know, the shiny new toys of DJ Moore and, you know, know, a guy like a Darnell Wright. Um, Justin struggled the most when he had pressure up the middle. And... Mm -hmm. He, he can handle the outside to an extent, but like when he had that right in his face, it was a problem. Now that may, might make you tempted to go like, what about center? I don't know the deal with Cody white hair. I don't know that he's here in three years. I, 
I don't I don't know if he's here after this year. I don't know if he's here after this year. Exactly. It's so I can't go that route. So I'm gonna go to the next best thing, which is going to be a Nate Davis, so that whatever center is there next year or in three years, you have hopefully these two pillars who are just solid for you in Tevin Jenkins and Nate Davis. Why not? <laughs> All right. Your turn. This is your eighth pick. No, wait, what? One, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, no, eight, seven. It's eight. It's seven. This is eight. Yep. Math is hard sometimes. Yeah, but the first row is our names. So therefore, you have to subtract one. Yep. Okay. This is number seven for me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Math is hard. That is hard. Who said that? Uh, so. <laughs> uh, if, if, if you're listening to the podcast you need to come to the like the, around the 51 30 mark on the, the youtube video and just see how that all played out that was funny <laughs> so who is going to be your seventh pick oh god um i'm struggling here so seven um i almost want to just like because now it's tough because I don't know. It's all projection, right? You're just picking guys who you think could be here, could mm-hmm. develop. I'm going to go with the guy that fell further in the draft that I thought than I thought he should have. Uh, that's Tyler Scott, wide receiver from Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a that's a solid choice there. So, um, what is your reason for him here? Uh, I think. He, Rightfully or wrongfully, I think he could be the Darnell Mooney replacement in waiting. Yeah, there you go. Um, fast, runs well after the catch. I want to say the stupid stat I remember, I believe it was Dane Brugler put out after the Bears selected him, was like his touchdowns averaged like 41 yards a piece in college. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Like just like – that is an absurdly stupid dump. He runs hard after the catch, being a uh, transition running back to the wide receiver position. Um, thank you, Cornelius. <laughs> um, and I just—he's got really natural soft hands. His biggest issue is always going to come down to the fact that he's a little small, and he's got to just develop his route tree. He wasn't asked to do a whole lot in terms of what he was running at the University of Cincinnati. That that was my inclination was to take him, so I'm just gonna run with that and keep keep it as is. No, it makes sense. I mean, I was thinking even before the Nate pick, do I go wide receiver? And if I do, I was like, ooh, do I do Tyler? Do I go Darnell? Just because there's still a chance. That whole thing you basically just said. But if you're going truly like, who am I the most confident is going to be on this roster in three years? I think you have to lean with Scott. Right. And it's not, it's, and I don't want it to ever feel like we're slighting, you know, Darnell Mooney, because Darnell's been a really good football player. It just feels like there's questions that I, that again, you don't know the answers to. And that's why the Chase Claypool pick was so hard. But I just felt that was the right time for him to be there or the selection there. So who'd you follow up after Mitchell Scott? Uh, after him, I, I would almost lean Tyreek Stevenson. All right, well, I got to change who I was going to pick. Okay. Uh, I think he is going to be a really 
interesting, if not good, football player. I love that he he's not. I love that he feels like a true zone corner. He's tough. He's he plays a little salty with a little edge to him when he's out on the out on the perimeter. I don't think there's any ability for him to play inside really at all. I think he is purely an outside corner, which is fine because I don't think Kyler Gordon should be playing outside either. I think he's a purely slot corner. I said that from the time they drafted him, and then they tried to do this dual development role with him in the slot and then on the freaking edge. But you know what? I'm not going to get mad about this right now. Seems That's, like seems like you're mad about it. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> um, but I think he's going to be a solid boundary zone corner who happens to be a really good athlete. Um, I was actually shocked when they picked him. I wasn't expecting him to go corner. Especially, tra- pretty- especially trading up. Yeah, trading up to get him and then spending another third, second round pick on a def- defensive back in two drafts. Yeah. Uh, well, like I said, Tyreek was going to be my selection next. Um, so I think I'm now going to bite that golden domer bullet that you've there been kind is. of alluding to, and I'm going to go with Cole Komet. Um, I think you we could have, honestly, a whole podcast on just Cole Komet, which I refuse to do, um, just, <laughs> just <laughs> because you and I do differ on the Cole Komet thought process. Um, I know I differ from a lot of people um, on, the, on the thought process on him. Um, I... I don't ever want to drink the Notre Dame local kid from Barrington Kool-Aid. That's not why I have him here. That's not why I think he's solid. I just think he does. He, when you go, you can go past back past last year. The thing, the biggest issue was red zone and, and lack of touchdowns. Like he had the yards, he had the receptions. It's just, the offense was so broken. It, it's hard for a tight end who isn't a Travis Kelsey or a Kit George Kittle to produce in that thought process. When you move more to this year, when the offense was able to move and was able to get more into the red zone, all of a sudden, look at that. Touchdowns go up. It's it's crazy. Now, I know there's a lot of people that are like, okay, well, now you have – he basically, he was the only option, right? So he was going to be eating receptions. I still think he's a big part of this game plan. Um, I think when you look at the tight end landscape, we get – kind of we forget how barren it can be out there mm-hmm. and the development process we know tight ends take a little while to develop when you draft them and i think he's a poor man's roshan johnson i think in the way that you put roshan just doesn't do anything spectacularly well he just does everything well but and i think colcomet is somewhere where he doesn't have anything that's outstanding but he just does he's just right there in that average across the board. And some people are like, you don't pay for that. And other people would say, yeah, you pay for a pretty, uh, just a solid card to get you to from point A to point B. Um, and I also just do think that the bears like him. So Cole Komet is, I think, getting an extension. Um, and some people are going to be quite upset about that. Not my money. <laughs> Anything you want to add on the Komet uh, hype train no. or lack thereof? I mean, I, I think Komet's fine. Do I think he's anything better than Dalton Schultz in his one-year five or six million dollar deal? No, not really. But I, you always got the thing I always got to tell myself is, I think these guys value, and I, it's a business being from the area, and he's a homegrown talent. He's from Barrington. He went to Notre Dame. He's. I'm not going to go there with what I was going to say, but. 
Uh, <laughs> um, but he he fits right, and he's he's an easy guy to root for. He's produced. He's developed. The one thing he's always had in his in his bag is the fact that he's younger. He's developed, and he was never a full time football player until he got to the NFL. And he ha- he has gotten better. Do I think he's anything past meh? No, not really. But that's a far cry from when I, at at the end of the twenty one season when I thought he was AIDS in a bucket. AIDS like in a damn bucket. Didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So right, there we well, go. I now have to do this. You've made me do this. Um, I'm going to list some tight ends, and some of these are going to be obvious. So we're going to go quickly, um, and you tell me if you would take them over Cole Komet. On the deal that we're expecting he might get. How about that? Sure. Like, you can't factor in that, like, you know, they're on a second year of a rookie deal, so therefore cheaper. Um, Travis Kelsey. Yes. Mark Andrews. Yes. TJ Hawkinson. Hawk is better. George Kittle. I would take Kittle pretty easily. (laughs) Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts I'm running away and hiding with. Dallas Goddard. I'm taking Dallas Goddard. Darren Waller. Ooh, yeah, that's an interesting one, right? That's an interesting one only because of age, age, age and availability, and, and injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I would lean Waller because I think he's just an outright better football player, but it, it there's a conversation to be had, sure. Fryer move. Those two strike me as the Spider Man meme, <laughs> but probably Muth just because he's got one more year of control. We said that didn't matter. He's getting they're, oh. getting they're getting an extension. Oh, fine. Muth. Better. <laughs> okay. Uh, Evan Ingram. Uh, Evan Ingram can't block at all. Nope. He's just a giant receiver. And he gets hurt a lot. That he does. I would probably lean Komet on that one. Njoku? See, I think Njoku's awesome. I, I'm taking Njoku. Uh, just a couple more here. Uh, Aconqua. Chig? Yeah. Okay, I love Chig, but that's that's a far cry right now. No. I'm just asking you. I'm asking you. That's, ab- that's absurd. Stop I'm using, that. This is the list I have. Okay, continue. Okay, so I'm saying you're saying Komet. I'm just putting it out there clearly. Yeah. Uh, Schultz? Dalton Schultz? I would probably take Dalton. I think Dalton's a better football player. Greg uh, Dolchich? No, Dolchitz from Seattle, right? Seattle drafted no, Denver. Him? Denver drafted him, that's right. No, not yet. Okay, Higby? Higby, no. Knox? Dawson? I'd take Dawson over him. Gesicki? Can I get rid of Gesicki's gritty? No, that's, <laughs> if anything, it intensifies. <laughs> Come oh. Jared Everett? Gerald Everett, uh, see, now you're in the realm of with Gesicki and Everett and these guys. That's where he probably sits in my brain. So, no, probably Komet just because he's younger. So, you know, now the rest of these guys I'm not even going to do because they're they're garbage. Um, that's kind of the, But the point is I just rattled off about 16 names that we just went through. There are a couple, you know, Chig and Everett and Knox, Gesicki-ish, uh, Waller, uh, Evan Ingram. Like So, like, that's even five guys that you could potentially – Put Komet over, and if you did that, mm-hmm. now you're at number eleven, number twelve. Are you are you really not 
okay with having the 11th best tight end on your team? Yeah, I, I am. I just, it, it's the same. Th- it, it's, it's the value behind it. It, it. It's like the running back thing, right? Like kind of like, like I would much rather pay a great running back $14 million a year than Colt come at $14 million. And I get it, it's the marketplace. I understand. And he's going to get, I've come to terms with the fact that he's going to get extended. It doesn't bother me. I just think there's a better use of resources when you could just, when you could have just signed Dalton Schultz for 6 million bucks and just traded, traded Colt Komet. Was Schultz coming off an injury? He was, right? I think he was hurt. Yeah. Coming off that. Cause he, he got franchised the years before, year before by Dallas. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay. All right. Uh, that's enough Colt Komet talk. I'm done with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Too much Cole Komet. Is it Zach Pickens time? No. Um, again, I'm going to surprise people. I'm going with Demarcus Walker. Really? Yeah, because they don't have any other pass rushers. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's the thing. I'm over the Travis Gibson experiment. Maybe he maybe he blows me away this year and does something different, but I don't think he will. Dominique Robinson is tough because he had like one good game and then disappeared. Teams were like, we saw your move, and we're just going to stop that one move. It yeah. also doesn't help when you get rid of, like, you know, you got the players you got rid of. I understand all that. Um, I, and I'm not going to lie, some of this is the Kool Aid of seeing the Demarcus Walker videos. I love watching his Twitter and Instagram stuff because we talk about hard workers. Like, he is grinding constantly, and I love it. Um, but also, what I've seen, like, personality wise, I think there's a hunger there. And his maneuverability, they've talked about how, right, he's going to play more on the outside early downs and then shift to more of like an interior rusher on those later downs. I like that ability to kind of move and, and bounce around. Um, I, I just, I think again, over the course of like three years, he's, go- I think he's going to be here and he's going to be a part and important part of this defense. And part of it is just because again, there's just not a lot of other options. Sure. I get that. All right. We have your second to last pick here, Danny. Who do you got? Well, you really took – now that I'm looking at it, I was trying to keep it balanced, and I was looking at the depth chart on my phone, and I was like, there's really no offensive players left that I want. Oh, uh, you can have uh, Kari I can have, I can have – oh, well. You know, when I was on DHgate ordering my Bears jer- my Bulls jersey the other day, I actually thought about putting a Kyrie Blasting game in there for the fun of it for that Bears jersey. That would have been so great. You know how many people have a Kyrie Blasting game jersey? Like A uh, friend of the podcast, Kyrie, and maybe that's about it. Yeah, that's probably about it. <laughs> um, I'm actually shocked neither of us have taken Jalen or uh, Darnell, truthfully. So we're going to do a like a little short like, why did you not pick these people? Okay, kind of thing. so we'll get to that then because I'm yeah. not te- taking either of them. Okay, uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. We're, we're going to go with back-to-back rookies again, both defenders. I'm going to take Zach Pickens here. He spells his name weird. Hold on. Oh, yeah, it's CCH. CCH, yeah. Uh, I think he could be your true ideal, like, penetrating three-technique defensive tackle. He's an undersized guy. He wins off of get-off. He and Cole Komet share the same lover, though. They love being on the ground, just always on the ground. I don't know how Cole feels about his uh, his friend cheating on him so, so very much. But Zach's had a good get-off. I like how some of his hand usage is. I think he's going to be – a really solid rotational pass rusher at the at the defensive interior defensive line position at at like his baseline. 
obviously he could wash out and be nothing. I know a lot of people have cited Brett Coleman, who Coleman's thoughts on him, who allegedly just hates Zach. I don't know if Zach Pickens like kicked kicked Brett's dog or something at some point in his life, but he just really dislikes Zach Pickens. I think he just despised the fact that he his lack of run game defense like at all oh he, he's just a nothing in the run game which is funny because i think he actually has a quote saying how important it is to stop the run which is like you sir have never displayed any want to to stop the run uh and then i'm gonna i have to be a meme of myself a caricature of myself noah sewell my guy uh, okay oh, why is this happening like that uh, why um i think he's going to be at the very least, a long-term contributor on special teams. I also I also do wonder what the plan is for him because I don't think he's a great off-ball linebacker. I do think he's an interesting pass rushing linebacker, like as a like the old school like Roosevelt, Colvin, Sam style linebacker, where you just say, "Hey, dude, you're in. Go get him." Like, don't give him any other responsibility. I also like that he's from a football family. And there are, there's no such. I I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I believe drafting is an art, and one of the forms of art within the drafting community that I personally believe in is the little brother thing. I always believe in little brothers. I don't know why, and it's gotten me burned. I thought Marquise Teague was going to be a good NBA basketball player, and he was gone in like was three trash. years. He was so awful. Trash. He was so bad. And Jeff was a good player. Jeff had a good career, but I just believe in. The little brother syndrome. He is uh, Penne Sewell's little brother from Detroit. Do I think he, he's going to be a stand-up linebacker every game? No, he's too tight in the hips. He's a little bit slow, but he's big and he's strong. He's got a good get-off and a great first step. I think he could carve out an interesting, like, hybrid role where you're like almost using him as a de facto pass rusher, but from like a stand-up position and occasionally have him just in his on like rundowns where you know he's got to come downhill and fill a gap. I yeah, I mean I there's no way in hell I'd ever pick Noah Sewell. Like ever. Sure. Um I hear I I can definitely hear and understand why you did. I think he's gonna be that special teamer like you said if you take his RAS and like make it him from a linebacker to edge, it's not great, but he has pass rush upside. It, it's a, he's interesting. I mean, I don't, I mean, you, you could have said the same thing about, um, who the hell am I talking about? Thinking about here. Who was the linebacker that, uh, ended up going to the Raiders and then was meh. Linebacker. He, who went he was on the bears. He was on the Bears, and then everyone like loved him, and they picked Danny Trevathan over him to resign. Oh, then, Kwiatkowski, number forty-four. Kwiatkowski. I mean, like he could be. <laughs> thank you. He could be a Kwiatkowski-esque person, where if all of a sudden, you know, knock on wood, T.J. Edwards goes down, and you're like, and Sanborn's down because he's probably your next one in, uh, and now all of a sudden Noah Sewell gets pushed into work, and he's and you see something like maybe, but I mean. That's a lot of again. Partially, dance, but... that that's just me taking a guy I really liked, and there was nothing left I really wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, that's fine. I mean, so, Andre Schmidt, I'm, I'm, Andre Schmidt I'm, was sitting right there for you. Oh, you know what? I was te- tempted to take one Tyson Badgett because he's going to replace number one soon. Just you wait, Mister Man. You're going to be so upset when I. <laughs> 
cut that clip out and just blast it on social media. It's going to kill you. Um, one thing I want to highlight before we moved on to my last pick was something that Quentin, a uh, friend of the secondary friend of the podcast, not quite full friend yet, of uh, Buckkiss Stats uh, said, PFF Brad mentioned Rasheem Green as a guy with some inside, outside, upside the other day. Still have to dig deeper on him, though. Um, definitely interesting. Look at, interesting guy. Look at my guy, Q. Also, Bears fans, if you don't follow Quentin, you're making a mistake. That oh, guy's God. awesome. You absolutely have to. Um, but yeah, Machine Green's an interesting good dude. Um, was kind of like that later signing that so it kind of fell through the cracks, but he could definitely be an interesting rotational piece. I'm, I'm gonna be really interested to hear what Q thinks long term on him when he digs in. I know I'm not gonna dig in more on him, but I would love to hear what Q has to say. <laughs> I'm not going to, but you can. Um, Who's your last pick? My last pick is Darnell Mooney. Um, combination of A, what's available, but also B, I'm going – there's two split paths. Uh, Danny earlier kind of took one path. I'm going to take the other. In this other path, you know, Chase gets hurt. He just doesn't really show out. Slash, you know, Darnell comes back for that ankle injury and just, you know, puts up a 1,000 yards. Is a great uh, combo with, with DJ Moore. DJ Moore right playing kind of on the middle. Darnell blowing the top off. Uh, and just being – and that connection that he's always had with Justin just – is there it's solid it continues to grow even there's there is a world that exists that darnell is the one of those two wide receivers that gets that extension um and that is a production over potential kind of thing um, sure. so i felt like i just needed to represent that world because it's at this point i mean if i had a, it's a to me it's a coin flip maybe a slight edge to darnell just because of past Con- stuff but that's about and, it and his relationship with justin Right. Uh, and that does matter. So uh, so I would have felt funky if he was not on this list. I'm glad I was able to snag him. I was going to I was tempted to take him earlier. Like he was going to be my number six, actually. And then uh, it was very close to me taking him over Chase. But Chase, I, I just thought I could make a legitimate argument as to why he should be the only guy. Like I said, the only guy who honestly I took just because it's my brand is the Noah Sewell pick is for fun for me. Yeah. Like I could have take much easily take taken Rasheem green was a name i considered but i just you got to give people something to think about like it's too easy to just go chalk just pick someone who might be a little di- different cause a little you know cause the hamster to get on the wheel run a little bit so we've talked about some of these p- people in passing during this uh, exercise but real quick we're just gonna run through some of the names that weren't picked um that some people are probably going to be pounding the table of how do you not say their name uh cody whitehair you know just give a sentence why not cody I'm sorry, one more time, Mason. Um, so just like basically give one sentence, why not Cody Whitehair? I just don't think he's here beyond this year. Totally valid. Uh, whether it's age, whether it's injury stuff, whether da, 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 da. I don't think he's here all that much longer. Um, let's go with Khalil Herbert. Why was he not selected? I think they're going to run him into the ground kind of thing. Like just they're going to abuse him and just say, thanks for your service, Khalil. Go get your money somewhere else. And it's nothing. He's, he's a highly effective running back, like runner. But he doesn't do anything else. What about I mean, Deontay I guess, Foreman? So I'm Deontay. I was split on because I could totally see him having another good year, especially with his age and lack of miles on the miles on the old tires. There that they could extend him and just make it a because I don't know that polls and this regime believe in just one bell cow. You know, I might they might believe in committee. I could see a world where Roshan and Deontay would just play off each other. Absolutely. I mean, 
for me, I, I couldn't pick more than one running back. And if I had to pick one running back that was going to lead the Bears in carries for the next three years, it was just Rojan. Yeah. Um, Justin Jones. I think the back-to-back defensive tackle pick kind of put the writing on the wall for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't do, you don't do that if you're in the long term plans there. No, he could. No, he could come out, get eight sacks, and really look like the guy everyone thought he was going to be when he was flashing in San Diego or the Los Angeles, whatever. But it just doesn't seem like a, a good bet kind of thing. Um, what about Jalen Johnson? So you and I are both, I, I think, higher on Jalen than the rest of the people seem to be. Like, I, I thought after the A.J. Brown game that he was just – like I would have extended him right then. Like I just think Jalen is really good. But he's probably not in that tier of elite. I think he's just really good. And what – you go through the contracts and stuff like that, who who – who pays really good? Like, and what does that contract look like? And, and I don't know the answer to that question. Is he willing to take 12 or $13 million a year? I you know I've got on record in saying, I think cornerback and quarterback are very similar where you pay for very good. You kind of pay for that. You know, maybe like the one-off assassin kind of thing or like fine. But yeah, there's not really a very good contract that exists for either of those positions. And unfortunately, just because of lack of ball production, whether you're talking about interceptions, whether you're talking about pass breakups, uh, Jalen just kind of suffers from that. Yeah, right. he doesn't He doesn't have production. It was like the same thing with – it's like the Eddie Jackson argument a couple of years ago. Yeah. Where, like, oh, he's taking away lanes. He's taking away – it's like he doesn't get his hands on the ball. <laughs> like – and let's uh let's do two more actually. So Eddie Jackson. I just don't think he's gonna be here much longer. It's when the question I always bring up to people, it's like I get he's a fan favorite. I get that he was a really good football player and at his peak was the arguable best safety in the league. Does he matter when they're good again? No, and that's the problem. Um, because they're not gonna be good again for three couple years. more years. Yeah. yeah. Like they might make a playoff this year, they might like win a playoff game next year, and then it's like, okay, cool. Now, now let's do it. And you got to remember, Eddie was twenty five when he came out of Alabama. He's gonna be thirty in season this year. He's not young, and he's got an injury tracker. He has he's had injury issues since Alabama. That's why he came out so late. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a like stellar year this year. Like he's like old Eddie, kind of like last year form. And then he's got like one more year and then done. You know, they basically plays out his last two years and and done. And and mind you, football players a lot of times don't have like a like a downward trajectory where they're just they're good, they're bad, they're good, they're average, they're then they're bad. It's kind of like they're awesome and then they're terrible. Like the fall off is so fast in the NFL. Well, because and you have to remember as a fan, like your impression of this player, right, is is separated by moments. Like the last moments you saw them in the game to like the next moment you saw them play in a preseason game or week one. But there's so much time in between there. So much can Mm -hmm. change in those months that between when the season ends and when the next one begins, whether it's it improving or falling off, it goes both ways. So we have Mm -hmm. to remember that. All right. 
I was going to do one for fun. I was going to do uh, Bayless Jones, but I'm skipping that because that's that's dumb. Um, so instead, I'm curious on <laughs> Terrell Smith. Why is there a chance he didn't pop in for you on your futures list? I think it's just the sheer lack of production outside of really one year at Minnesota and the other premium investments in the team. You know, you got Tyreek, you got Kyler, you got, I mean, Amos obviously plays safety, but that's another defensive back in in a top two round pick. And I, I know it's ironic saying it with like a fifth round linebacker as opposed to a fifth round corner, but I can squint and see a role for Noah much easier than I can squint and see a role for Terrell. Yeah, you know, the path for Terrell would have to be – it's just so much greater, right? I mean, he would have to have an injury or two that happened before you really let him get on the field. And, and you know what? It happens all the time where where a corner is thrust. Look at last year. Jawan – was it Jawan Jones or Jawan Johnson who yeah. just was brought in like as a tryout and he ended up making – making hay and forcing his way to stay onto the roster into this season so far because he came in and played well. Like, is that his name? Am I making, or is that the tight end? He's a real person. (laughs) No, but I'm not sure if I was getting him mixed. Oh no, I mean, it's Jalen Jones, but I assume that's Jalen Jones. That's it. Yeah. Jawan Johnson is the, is the tight end in, in uh, New Orleans. I do. I like Terrell Smith, and I think I I get why they drafted him. But it's a it's a we just in case. It's a break in case of emergency situation. And again, they apparently the Bears are interested in another free agent cornerback. So if you were like super happy with everything you had, I don't. Yes, you you can never have too many alignment or corners, but at the same time, you can have too many corners. Uh, let's be real. Um, so I mean, it's fine. I, I do think you, you're more likely to have like a sub package where Penesul gets out there and rushes a quarterback than you do, you know, for for him. So it is what well, it is. just by sheer numbers, Kendall Vildor is still here. Like you know, like... God, Kendall. Yeah, he's. I'm actually pretty he's, happy. This is a whole other conversation, but I'm pretty happy. He's herpes. With Kendall Vildor never goes away. He's just herpes. <laughs> the thing is, is though he's like actually a pretty solid. He's a solid backup zone corner who should yeah. never be starting. Exactly. You, in a you shouldn't be starting more than one or two games while your starter rehabs, but but solid. All right. That is the show that we had. Um, just to run through these for the listeners. So Danny had Justin Fields, Tremaine Edmonds, Jaquan Brisker, Braxton Jones, Gervin Dexter, Chase Claypool, Tyler Scott, Tyreek Stevenson, Zach Pickens, Noah Sewell. So that's one, two, four offensive players and six defensive players. I had DJ Moore, Darnell Wright, Tevin Jenkins, Roshan Johnson, Kyler Gordon, TJ Edwards, Nate Davis, Cole Komet, Demarcus Walker, and Darnell Mooney. So I was kind of the opposite. I had three defensive and seven offensive players. Uh, clearly, I think a little more of the offense that they've acquired, which makes sense. I mean, the whole goal of this last year and a half, two years, has been surround Justin with talents. Um, and I think they were basically just like, hey, the defense will – eventually get there um and they did a little bit and, and it's also just putting entrustment into your defensive minded coaching staff yeah you're you're you're, you're coaching the coacherson go coach him 
Yeah, you're hoping. I mean, when you look back at that Colts defense, you had a couple names, of course, and that stood out, but it wasn't like it was full of top, top end talent. Uh, you're kind of hoping that Iberflus can do the same thing, where he takes a bunch of solid pieces and makes them great. And I still, yeah, and I still wouldn't be shocked if they sign one or two edge defenders just to help the pass rush. Yeah, I'm still thinking they trade for Huff and sign. Uh, it's, it, it's it's Yannick or it's it's Clowney, right? It's, oh, I was going sign. someone different. Who am I thinking of? Who was on the Chiefs last year? Are you talking about a? He was in the Col- on the Colts too, Justin Houston. Yeah, I'm thinking Justin Houston because of the Colts connection, um, and because he's the most adult in the room of of any of the people available. Like Yannick is clearly just like an you know he's a rental assassin. He's a uh, gun for hire. He doesn't yeah. do anything. So exactly. I've the way I've described him is he is the Mike Wallace of edge defenders. Mike Wallace could do one thing as a receiver. He could run really really fast in one direction. Yep. And he he was awesome at it. Yannick Ngakwe does one thing. He bends the edge and he gets to the damn quarterback. He doesn't do a damn thing else, but he's really good at that one thing. Yeah, versus, you know, I, I feel like, again, more of an adult in the room, um, more likely to, like, teach the other, like, younger line defensive linemen that are there. Uh, and I just feel like – and then, obviously, just – the relationship with the Colts. I, I just think that's a little different. But to your point, if Huff were to be traded for, they'd be extending him as well. I'm yep. pretty sure because he's in, in the final year of his his like undrafted free agent deal. Yep. Um. He would probably move up fairly substantially on my list to probably that seventh, sixth or seventh spot of where I would have picked him. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, I probably would put him. I mean, I probably put him at seven, like instead of TJ. Yeah. I, I would probably push everyone down one. Like Pickens would be last. Stevenson would be set. Would be like nine, and then like he would probably would have gone right after Chase Claypool or just after Tyler Scott. Yeah. But anyway, that is the show we had. Thank you all for listening. Um, always, please go ahead and you know go comment comment on the YouTube video. I always try to take a look at those and to, to improve. Say what you like. Say what you didn't like. Um, I am going to be at Bears training camp for that Saturday practice that they have on the 29th. So anyone that is around or was able to get uh, tickets to that, definitely hit me up. Uh, you know, I'll be willing to talk to, hang out with anyone. Um, also, I have a little little surprise that's going to be coming in. Danny already knows about this. Oh, we got some shirts. Uh, Yay! You know, we're probably going to do a little uh, little giveaway um, for those shirts. I haven't fully decided what we're going to do. Um, what, oh, you know what? I'm going to do one right now. Uh, Someone comment on the YouTube video, not like the live chat one, but like the other one. Just comment, comment with, you know, a little bit of a review. Go leave a review and you'll be entered to win a Bare Bones t-shirt and I'll send it to you and you're going to be super happy. Yeah. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be so happy. Yeah. Uh, that's all we got. Uh, any final comments, Danny? Um, not really. I'm just waiting on some jerseys to get in from DHgate. <laughs> Yay, DHgate. Um, yeah, go, we're not, they're not a sponsor. Don't, don't buy their stuff unless you really want cheap jerseys. Uh, but anyway, that's all we got. Bear the hell down, everybody. Toodaloo. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all in one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this high quality leads fast-closing deals, 
wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.